Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We're headed to the home stretch of football season and basketball is in full swing. And BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the action this year. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. afternoon or good night however and whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the take it easy podcast live on the believe podcast network Except it isn't live, because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is NFL Monday, week 13, here on the Take It Easy podcast. Every single Monday, we go through all of the NFL games that drop on this Sunday. 12 this week, we got a combination of this and our Memes of the Weekend podcast to talk about all 12, although the Memes of the Weekend side is probably going to be a little bit more college football-centric Either way, it'll be a fun podcast. We got about nine or ten games coming up here. And we begin here on the NFL Monday for the first time in 2021 being able to finally hit that music to celebrate Man Campbell, the manliest of all the men, the coach who's just simply going to get an edge against the competition through toughness. Toughness is how we're going to get a competitive edge in the ever-changing landscape of the NFL. Man Campbell got his victory in the game of the week until the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers game happened, but still the game of the week between the Vikings and the Lions. Hit that music! What a beautiful game that was. The Detroit Lions dominated to start off. I thought it was going to be a memes of the weekend type of game because Jared Goff started, I believe, 14 for 18 for 186 yards and two touchdowns. And the Lions were up 20 to 6. And then the Vikings proved that they were clearly a better team than the Detroit Lions and that Jared Goff just happened to be having the game of the year. Ironically, as soon as Man Campbell took over play calling duties from Anthony Lynn, not sure if that had any correlation to this because 
On the flip side, the Detroit offense was bare booty ass cheeks in the second half, just like they'd been all season. But even still, they had that massive lead. And then the Vikings closed the entire gap on them. And Alexander Madison was scoring a bunch of touchdowns. And Justin Jefferson had 200 receiving yards and carried my fantasy team. He had more yards in fantasy, or he had more fantasy points this week than any of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, this was a rough week for quarterbacks and a rough week for offense, but Justin Jefferson had 200 yards and like 13 catches this week. Like, it was absolutely bonkers. And the Vikings cut the lead all the way, or the lead disappeared. The Vikings took the lead themselves. And then, of course, finishing with the magical touchdown by the Lions that if you check out comical sports memes, you can find the video of them celebrating magnificently after winning their first game of the season as if they just won the Super Bowl. Jared Goff jumping and Jamal Williams almost knocking him over in jumping of celebration and then hugging Man Campbell and the Lions fans going crazy and like three Lions fans dressed up as Santa Claus even though it's December 5th and I feel like that's something that only happens the week of Christmas that fans dress up like Santa Claus but anyways they're committing to the bit on December 6th Santa Claus is celebrating for the Lions so congratulations to Detroit you got your first win of the season and uh, that's that should be the first and foremost thing we talk about here because that was indeed the game of the weekend in a game in a weekend where during the first block of games it was the only game that finished with a one score game so the red zone channel just put that all the way through for like 20 straight minutes it was just vikings lions straight into your veins i watched more of that game than any game going on this weekend so lions and vikings you get to be the first game on the actual nfl monday podcast uh we'll we'll talk about the rest of these games in a bit in what i like to call a get right weekend for a lot of teams. We'll get to that in a bit, but before we do that, let's talk about Baltimore and Pittsburgh because this was basically the same chaos ending as Vikings and Lions, except this game had, you know, actual stakes behind it because Baltimore was the number 1 seed in the AFC coming into this weekend. The New England Patriots haven't played yet, and now they're the number 1 seed in the AFC. Congratulations New England. The Patriots get that boost because Baltimore just ever so slightly comes up short against Pittsburgh. And by that, I literally mean one inch, one inch of, of Mark Andrews fingertips. That's the difference in the game. Like you, tr- we do all the analysis and analytics and everything behind it. The difference between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers is one inch of a tip on, on Mark Andrews fingers. And usually this happens sometimes in games where... I say, like last year when the Dolphins played the Raiders and Fitzmagic has the face mask throw, I'm like, there's no difference between the Dolphins and the Raiders at this point in the season. I feel the same way about the Ravens and Steelers only because Baltimore has had so many injuries that it's not the same Baltimore team that when healthy, when you have J.K. Dobbins, when you have Gus Edwards, when you have a healthy Sammy Watkins, who is finally healthy today, a healthy Rashad Bateman, who did not play for a good portion of this game, uh, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame left tackle Ronnie Stanley, who I've still been saying it for weeks now, like the most impactful injury of the season is Ronnie Stanley going out for the Ravens, and it just keeps happening week over week over week. 
Not trading Orlando Brown, of course, would help that team improve quite a bit more. If you have Marcus Peters not be gone for the season at the start of the year, when you have uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Calais Campbell not battling injuries the entire season, when Patrick Queen is healthy, Marlon Humphrey just went out with an injury this week for Baltimore. When Baltimore is a, a Tony Jefferson used to be on Baltimore, but he's a classic injury guy that just comes to mind every time I think of injuries on Baltimore. All of this to say, Baltimore injuries have totally derailed this team to the point where they're still very good only because Lamar Jackson is there. And this feels like the exact same situation that happened last year with the Baltimore Ravens that made me walk away from that year post Lamar winning an MVP and them losing, you know, because of three plays, they lose to the Tennessee Titans in the biggest upset in the playoffs in the NFL in 10 years. Last year, I walked away saying Baltimore had all of those injuries last season and was still a top five team in the NFL, still an elite team in the NFL. You can argue top six between them and the Saints, but top five team in the NFL with their entire offensive line being depleted, all of the wide receivers being gone, injuries on the defense last year, because you have Lamar Jackson and because Lamar Jackson can rush for 320 goddamn rushing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals the last week of the season. I'm sorry, well, Lamar didn't himself rush for 320. The team did. The point being, because Lamar Jackson is that singular threat who is one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, because you have that singular threat, you are still a competitive football team. And in... His physical prime right now, this is the second year in a row where that's fallen apart for the Baltimore Ravens. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a fine football team. Pittsburgh Steelers are built on that defensive unit. The defensive unit is really strong. That basically just makes them what last year's Washington football team was. Team built entirely on defense and an offense that can't really do anything. Now, Washington was all-time bad last year, but the point still stands there. Pittsburgh's an average football team. They're 6-5-1 and one this year. It's about where they should be. About 500, finishing 9-8 and eight on the season. Feels about where Pittsburgh belongs when you have one of the five best defensive units in the NFL and one of the five to eight worst offense. When you have a bottom fourth defense, or sorry, bottom fourth offense in the NFL, that's about where things stand if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Baltimore is that team when you take away all of the different pieces that have been injured. If you keep all those pieces in place, Baltimore is an elite team. And this feels like the same thing that's happened in weeks past. We talked about this literally last week after the Cleveland Browns game where they throw four interceptions and win. First time in seven years a team's thrown four interceptions and wins. That game embodies the problem with the Baltimore Ravens is that Lamar Jackson does not have time to throw and that explains a lot of the interception troubles that he's had over the past few weeks we talked about this when right before they lose to the Miami Dolphins I'm saying this is a team that absolutely can win the AFC and the Minnesota Vikings game where they win in overtime and it's chaotic and Justin Tucker makes the game-winning field goal all this whole time and then remember the game where they dismantled the Chargers Remember, it feels like so long ago when Brandon Staley was going for it on his own 27 in the first quarter and they end up getting stops and they just dominate the Chargers when we thought the Chargers were really good because I think at that time they were 4-2. and two. Feels like a long time ago where I thought the Ravens were right there and now I think the injuries have just done them in so much that not even Lamar Jackson can overcompensate, which again, 
is so disappointing because we went through this exact same thing last year. A team that the year before was by far the best in the NFL. Just dominated the NFL. After they finally got the offense working, undefeated. Won their last 12 games of the season, 14-2. and Lamar Jackson gets the MVP unanimously. Like, John Harbaugh wins Coach of the Year unanimously. They had started a new dynastic type of run, and now two years later, literally two full years later, I'm looking up now and saying, this is so bitterly disappointing because we know this is Lamar Jackson's best window to contend. He was an MVP frontrunner earlier this year, and the injuries have just kept piling up such that Baltimore, when they play good teams, can get taken advantage of similarly to how each of the last two weeks have gone because it felt like they were replicating the game plan they used against the Browns against the Steelers which is exactly what I talked about when I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to win plus or not win cover plus four and a half this week and what I talked about when we did the game preview for this over on the slump buster podcast which of course you can check out with the link in the description to today's episode you just use the same game plan every game and they just can't generate the offense because They've just suffered so many injuries on the offensive line and to the running game. Not that Devonta Freeman wasn't bad today. Like, Devonta Freeman was a fine runner. 14 carries, 52 yards. That's every running back in the NFL getting you those kinds of numbers. And and the, the bonus that Baltimore has, of course, is that Devonta Freeman is truly their RB2 because Lamar Jackson is the focal point of their running game. And Baltimore just doesn't have the respect on the offensive line because teams can just blitz. And in fairness to them, they've played a lot of really good defenses in the last few weeks. Uh, Obviously, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers, all very good defenses. Next week, they play the Ravens again. Next week, they play the, the week after that, they play the Packers. The week after that, they play the Bengals. They play the Rams. They play Pittsburgh again. Like They just happen to be playing really, really good defenses down the stretch that are keeping them from scoring points. The problem for Baltimore is that when they get to a team that can take advantage of them on offense, they probably will take advantage of them on offense. Not that Baltimore is not going to be able to score 20 points in a game. It's not like things are dire for them at this point. Like they did it against the Chargers. They did it against the Vikings. They can score 30 points any given day, but it requires a truly, truly special performance from Lamar Jackson that... To count on this often all the time is really difficult. He'll give it to you every now and then. We've seen it this year. Did it against the Chargers. Did it against the, the um, I think it was the Colts earlier this year. I'm trying to remember who they played. Yeah, it was the Colts game earlier this year. Uh, obviously against the Chiefs at the start of the year. I don't know how healthy Lamar Jackson is himself, but we've seen these dominant type of performances from the Baltimore Ravens so far. And you can go back to last year with the 300 rushing yards as a team against the Bengals. Uh, You can go back to that Monday night game against Cleveland, the game they played against Buffalo last year, not the playoff game, the one before that. Like, we've seen this from Lamar Jackson. And to expect that week in and week out is kind of impossible, as we're kind of seeing over the last few weeks. And it's just bitterly disappointing because we know this Ravens team is so good when they're healthy and when they're fully assembled because we saw we saw that two years ago and comparatively to this year we technically saw it last year because as totally depleted as the Ravens were last year oh man this team is making that look silly 
oh, you lost Ronnie Stanley and a couple of wide receivers. How about take away your entire running back room, both of your top corners, your top linebacker, and Ronnie Stanley. And oh, by the way, you just traded Orlando Brown this offseason and replaced him with Alejandro Villanueva, who's one of the most penalized tackles in the NFL. Like, good God, this Ravens team has gotten so unlucky, and Lamar Jackson has gotten so unlucky for the second year in a row, in a row right in the middle of of his prime it's so difficult and disappointing and the Ravens also happen to have the hardest strength of schedule left in the season not that they're not going to make the playoffs like they're gonna make it no matter what they've already got eight wins which means they just need like two more and they're gonna be good Lamar Jackson can single-handedly get you two wins even against the Browns even against the Steelers even against the Rams at home even against the Packers at home Lamar Jackson can get you those victories to get you into the playoffs And once they get there, they're probably going to be taken advantage of by a team that can put up a ridiculously large amount of points. Maybe that's the Chiefs. Maybe that's the Bills. Maybe it's the Colts even. I don't know. But it's just so disappointing that the injuries are going to derail the Baltimore Ravens again this season. Not even coming from someone who loves the Ravens, but someone who just watches Lamar Jackson and says, that dude can do special things. That man is... In his prime, one of the generationally great players doing things totally differently in a, in a sport that we've watched thousands of hours of, or at least I've watched thousands of hours of, he does things differently than anything I've seen before in my lifetime. And it's so disappointing that right in the midst of his prime, for the second year in a row, his team is not going to be championship level good, not because they've failed him as an organization, but because they just keep getting injured. And, to take it a step further, we're not going to recognize him for the greatness that he actually is because people really like making the jokes that he's not a playoff performer, which is really dumb because Lamar Jackson is amazing at football. They had, uh, uh, again, once in a decade upset against the Titans and then teams that weren't good enough to get over the top. Other than, you, you know, obviously his first year against the Chargers. It was a bad game from Lamar Jackson, but... Lamar Jackson has gotten better in the years since. It's been a bitterly disappointing run because people don't give Lamar Jackson due credit he deserves, which is, behind only Patrick Mahomes, the best goddamn quarterback in the NFL. New sponsor alert here on the Take It Easy podcast. It is Lightbox Jewelry. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, Lightbox Jewelry has cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price of just $800 per carat. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Priced so they won't have to. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds. Never a dull moment. So as for the rest of the NFL, this is what I like to call a get-right weekend, or, you know, a a get-right week, or in the case of Migos from the original Culture album from 2015, Get Right Witcha. This was a Get Right Witcha weekend for everybody. Um, because you had a bunch of teams that we know are good, 
We know they're really good. They're going to probably make the playoffs. I only say probably for one because the Colts are in a weird place right now. But for a bunch of these teams, this is just a get-right-witch-a weekend. You get to play a terrible team. You get to pummel them a little bit. You get to get your offense rolling again. You get to get your defense back in sync after a bad performance the week before. You just get to get right. You get right with you. You get people back from injuries. Your offense has had a couple bad performances. Your quarterback's thrown a lot of interceptions. Your defense gave up 35 points. You just found some different way to get right. Your team had a little bit of a losing streak going on. Get right with you because I'm going to get right with you. This is a get right weekend for everybody. Start off, Tampa Bay Buccaneers had that crazy game against the Colts. Their offense revolved around Leonard Fournette running for four touchdowns. Get right with you. Play the Atlanta Falcons. We know Tom Brady owns the Atlanta Falcons. He threw 20 passes in the first quarter of the game. Chris Godwin had 15 catches. This was a get right with you weekend for Chris Godwin too. Chris Godwin had had a rough couple weeks. I know because I traded for him in fantasy for Michael Pittman and Jerry Judy. Michael Pittman was doing fine. Chris Godwin... Numbers went down a little bit. This was a get right witch a weekend. He had 30 fantasy points, didn't even have a touchdown in the game. Just get right witch Now, it was 20 to 10 Tampa right before half, and Tom Brady did throw a pick six from his own two yard line. So that was, you know, a moment where things could combust a little bit and keep it close. But ultimately, all that did was make it only a 13-point victory for the Buccaneers instead of a 23-point victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Under normal circumstances, that would have been a game where cost Tampa big time. A Tom Brady pick six right before halftime? I mean, that like never happens. Tom Brady rarely ever throws pick sixes. But this was a get-right-witcher kind of weekend. We know the Falcons aren't good. We know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are elite. Just get right with you. Next game we had on there, Indianapolis against Houston. It's just a get right with you kind of game. Razor and I talked for seven minutes on Friday. Of course, Razor being our boy Razor Rosenthal of Beer Life Sports and Beer Life Official, who you can check out the episode we did on Friday. He talked about how divisional matchups playing for the second time almost always go under. And the one that he pointed to specifically was the Colts and the Texans. Felt very secure that that one was going to go under. Lo and behold, the reason I asked him as a follow-up question, actually. So is that something that makes you lean towards the Texans at eight and a half if it's going to be low scoring less points? And he said not necessarily. This was just more about the Houston Texans not being able to score points against the Colts because the Colts have seen them play once already. Lo and behold, 31 to zip. 31 zip. Jonathan Taylor, you're trying to make a case for the MVP, but you're a running back, right? Get right with you. 25 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Just keep running the ball. Carson Wentz makes dumb plays. Get right with you, Carson Wentz. You don't got to make those mistakes. Just keep running the ball. You only got to throw the ball 22 times. You're going to average like nine yards of pass attempt. I'm sorry, nine yards of completion and like six yards of pass attempt. Why? Because this is a get right with you week. Jonathan Taylor actually ended up with 143 because I stopped watching once garbage time kicked in. 143, two touchdowns, 32 carries. You need a stat pad to make your MVP case look good? Get right with you, Jonathan Taylor. Get right with you, Indianapolis Colts. Why? Because you guys are now 7-6, and six, had a rough game against the Buccaneers last week where you thought you had a win and it slipped out of your fingers. Only a half game now behind the Tennessee Titans. 
classic get right witch game against the Houston Texans. Who's next on the list? The Los Angeles Rams. They had a get right witch game. Three game losing streak for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, come on, you lost Robert Woods and hadn't won a game since. You acquired Von Miller, hadn't won a game since acquiring Von Miller. Signed Odell Beckham, hadn't won a game since then. Get right Witcha, play the Jacksonville Jaguars, be a 13-point favorite. Have me pick you, even though the last time I picked you as a heavy favorite against the Texans, you had the game won and then blew it on the back end. Get right Witcha this week. Cooper Cup, you had zero catches in the first quarter against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Get right with you with 150 yards in the game. Odell Beckham at the end of the game, you score a touchdown. You do your dance. You do your celebration of reviving you back to life. Talk your shit, Odell Beckham. Why? Because this is the get right with you kind of game. Matthew Stafford, 300 yards, three touchdowns. You've had interception problems over the past few weeks that we talked about when talking about the Rams-Packers game last week. Get right with you. Why? Shaquille Griffin wasn't even playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their only good player in the secondary wasn't even in. You get right with you, Matthew Stafford. No turnovers in this game. 128 passer rating. Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson's going to be out this week. You got traded for a sixth-round pick. You've gotten kind of lost in the offense. You're available in my league in free agency, even though I didn't pick you up in fantasy football. Get right with you, Sony Michelle. 24 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown, 37-7. to Does anyone know if Trevor Lawrence is good at football? Anyone at all know if Trevor Lawrence is good at football? Jaguars, same analysis I've had for weeks. Fire Daryl Bevel. Just go ahead and do it. Save us all the agony. Eighth week in a row. Fire Daryl Bevel. So get right with you, Los Angeles Rams, because you guys needed it this week. Who else got right with you? The Arizona Cardinals got right with you, because I'm going to get right with you. Kyler Murray, he'd been out for a month. DeAndre Hopkins, he'd been out since that Thursday night game against the Packers where he checked himself back in with a major, I think it was hamstring injury. Hadn't played since. Play the Chicago Bears in the rain, little concerning, might be a low-scoring game. Arizona Cardinals, get right with you. Why? Because the Chicago Bears are crap. Matt Nagy basically said, if you're going to fire me, I'm going to go down the only way I know how to go down. That is four-yard carries after four-yard carries after four-yard carries. David Montgomery finished 21 carries for 90 yards, which is pretty good, but it's also the entire offensive production that they had. Why? Because Andy Dalton, 26 of 41, 229 yards. Reminder, they had to start throwing the ball a lot in garbage time. At one point, Andy Dalton was like 9 for 11, no touchdowns, two picks in the third quarter. So 26 41, 229, four picks, two TDs late in garbage time, including Jakeem Grant, who I found out just a couple weeks ago is on the Chicago Bears. Anyways, the Chicago Bears get right with you for the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona had a game today. And Kyler Murray, you've been gone. You're working your way back in from injury. Just get right with you. No need to throw the ball today. You guys can run the ball 35 times and only throw it 15. You don't even have to possess the ball that much. Why? What is Chicago going to do? Score on you? You generated four turnovers against the Chicago Bears. Defense for the Cardinals can get right with you with all those turnovers today. Chicago Bears outgained you in passing yards today and total yards of offense. Get right with you, Arizona. Ease Kyler Murray back into this thing. James Conner doesn't have a good day. 
that's fine. You can get right with you because your defense is going to generate a ton of turnovers on a Bears team that is incapable of scoring more than 20 points. So get right with you, Arizona Cardinals. Get right with you, Los Angeles Rams. Get right with you, Tampa Bay. Get right with you, Indianapolis. You guys needed this week to tune everything back up. And this is a classic get right with you kind of week for teams that we all know we'll be seeing in January except for the Indianapolis Colts, who are better than the Tennessee Titans, but it's just weird how this schedule thing is going to work out for them. You know how we talked about before how the uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers felt like they were basically identical teams? I feel like that's the same thing with the Chargers and the Bengals at this point. Uh, not uh, like Coming into this, I felt like they were pretty identical teams. And we talked about all season, if you told Chargers and Bengals fans in August that you would be fighting for a playoff spot at the very last week of the season, and one of you would be in a playoff spot... I think team they would have been elated, absolutely ecstatic if that had been the case, and that's exactly where things are headed for both of those franchises who are now both 7-5, and five, both tied for a playoff spot. I think they have the 6-7 and seven seeds right now, so both of them would make the playoffs if the season ended today with the Steelers right behind them and then Buffalo being the 5 seed. So yeah, both of them would make the playoffs right now, which I think would be a little shocking if you told them that at the start of the season. All of that to say, I feel like we can learn nothing from the Chargers and Bengals game today. That game was just total chaos, fun chaos, but just fun not learning anything. This was just fun from a watching football standpoint because Justin Herbert made a bunch of awesome plays, including a zip to Keenan Allen on a touchdown that was awesome. Joe Mixon went for 100 yards. Austin Eckler was close to 100 yards. Trey Hendrickson had a bunch of sacks in there and He's leading the league in sacks, but won't get any defensive player of the year considerations because he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like that game was just fun to watch, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to do actual any learning analysis from that Chargers and Bengals game. Like, yeah, the Chargers scored a lot of points. The Chargers can score a lot of points. Justin Herbert had 118 QBR. Yeah, we know Justin Herbert can be special. Joe Burrow didn't play so well. Well, we've seen Joe Burrow not play well before. We've also seen Joe Burrow get injured in games and come back in. It seems to be at least a little bit of a theme with Joe Burrow. And Jamar Chase had that funny play where he's going for a touchdown and then hands the ball to the Chargers defense that would be a memes of the weekend thing if I needed more to talk about from this game, which I guess I do. Uh, By the way, Joe Mixon only had 54 yards today, so I was mistaken on that. He did have the one really good touchdown run, though. 
Thought he had 90 yards, but apparently only 54 for him. So it's a great game. It's a fun game. Mike Williams finally got back going as I set him on my bench in fantasy, but that's fine. Chargers offense scored 41 points. Chargers offense is capable of scoring 41 points. Bengals are capable of scoring 41 points. Both of those teams feel like they're pretty much the same. Both deserve a wild card spot. Both deserve a chance to pull an upset against one of these division winners. Will they? Guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I feel like uh, doing actual analysis from this game would be futile because it was just so chaotic and weird where the Chargers had a 24-0 lead and then literally 16 minutes later, it was 24-22, which is weird. But yeah, Chargers, they ended up winning the game. Uh, The best way I heard it described was that it was like three different teams playing. It was the team that got up 24-0, the team that gave up the 24-0 lead, And then when it was 24-22, the team that took advantage of Joe Mixon just fumbling a football without being touched, which by the way, if we want to talk about that a little bit more, Joe Mixon, I know I said he had a good day today, but that's one where it's like, okay, that's the difference in the game. It's Jamar Chase and it's Joe Mixon fumbling the football. And it's sometimes that simple, but turnovers are the difference in winning or losing a game. That I guess happens to be the case for the Bengals, just too many turnovers, left points on the field at a certain point. Joe Mixon had a phantom fumble that ended up just by bad luck being scooped for a scoop and score six. Strip six is what I like to call it, but I don't think this qualifies as a strip six because he just straight fumbled the ball without being touched. And after that, the Chargers win by three scores. So yeah, it was the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and I don't know, Dr. Herbert. It was a weird, uh, weird game for the the Chargers because they were just three different phantom ghoulish teams out there today. And I can't tell the difference between the Chargers and the Bengals. They're both very good. Um, speaking of chaotic teams, why are the Seahawks not able to play normal football games? <laughs> every, every Seahawks game is just utter chaos. Like, Seattle found themselves today... Again, like, the, the, Seah- the Seahawks always have these weird results, whether it's crazy point scores. I think the um, I think the game earlier this year between the Titans and Seahawks encapsulates what I'm talking about. The first game Deshaun Watson ever played where he just absolutely dominated is another example like that. But the, the drives on this game were just absolutely ridiculous because you have the, the 49ers getting 48-yard toe-tapping touchdowns by George Kittle on the sidelines. And then you have the Seahawks being down big. Seahawks, by the way, started drives at the 49ers 28, 27, and 20. And those drives converted into only seven points in the game. Russell Wilson was playing. I found I saw the graphic during the game that said the Seahawks had the 31st-ranked offense in the NFL which was just, you know, jarring to see. Even as someone who said back in training camp, like, someone's going to have to lose 10 games in the NFC West and it just might be the Seahawks. Like, even knowing that, it was jarring to see Seattle have such a piss-poor offense this season, even knowing that Russell Wilson's been out for, you know, half half of those, those games. But yeah, anyways, so back to the chaos game. The Seahawks are up 30-23 to at the end of the game. And they are getting ready to score 
at the one yard line with four and a half minutes to go. And on first and goal, they don't get it. Second and goal, they run it because even if Pete Carroll wanted to call a play action pass or a fade to the goal line, you just can't because the, the repercussions of having a catastrophic failure at the goal line on second down. Pete Carroll doesn't want to open that wound again. He spent years trying to excommunicate his reputation from that moment. Just have to run it. And then on third down, you're going to run it again. And what happens when you run it? You fumble the goddamn ball at the one-yard line. And the 49ers recover it. And it's just an absolute chaos moment in that game. I just start laughing because I'm like... See, I, I actually made the meme at that point with the person who's like, why can't you just be normal? And the kid that's screaming in the back. Right when that moment happened, I'm like, yep, this is just, this is every Seahawks game in the 425 window on the East Coast. 125 where I am, but I understand that's confusing when I say 125. It's just every game I've ever watched in the 125 window at Quest Field or whatever it's called now, Lumen Field where last year it's 5-3. to three. You see something you never think you're going to see, whether it's the Seahawks, who again could have kicked a field goal and gone up 10, fumbling at the 3-yard line, whether it's the Seahawks having a 2nd and 43, and then later on in the game having a 3rd and 28, in a game where also they scored 30 points. Whether last year it's Colt McCoy and Alfred Morris winning a game in Seattle while only scoring like 13 points, like you just always see something ridiculously stupid when you're watching 425 Seahawks games at Seattle. And this one ended in a stupid way as well. Not as stupid as everything that had happened before. It ends with the Seattle Seahawks scoring this game-winning or I'm sorry, the, the San Francisco 49ers going down, getting ready to score a game-winning touchdown, and they turn the ball over on fourth down because they had the ball at first and goal, incompletion, second and goal, incompletion, third and goal, incompletion, fourth and goal, incompletion. Just a weird finish. Seahawks get to win that game. They get to go to 4-8. and eight. 49ers get to be tied with the Washington football team for the last wildcard spot in the NFC, because that's what we're doing this year. We're doing everyone in the bottomless pit of hell that is the, the race for the seventh seed that we encapsulated last week on the Mixies Awards. The bottomless pit of hell between the 49ers and the Washington football team, and apparently now the Philadelphia Eagles dueling it out for the last playoff spot in an NFC that should only put five teams in the playoffs. I think... Uh, we should adopt a new rule here where we put the Cleveland Browns in the NFC. They get to be the seven seed. They get to play the Arizona Cardinals. Sure, they're going to lose, but at least it won't be boring. At least it won't be boring like watching Taylor Heineke try and win a playoff game against Aaron Rodgers. At least Baker Mayfield and the Browns will keep it interesting. So, yeah, we should take some of those AFC teams, move them to the NFC, because good God, the, the bottomless pit of hell for the NFC wildcard is even worse and the Seattle Seahawks chaos game just made everything around it even more chaotic. Because, of course, they did. That's just how the Seattle Seahawks operate. They're not allowed to play normal games. At, you should always fear the 425 Seahawks home game, usually on CBS, but not exclusively on CBS, because it's always just going to be something stupid and chaotic and not normal, and it's going to make your head explode. And if you're me... Just laughing all the way through. Hey, 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 let's go. 
make it not one, not two, not three, not four, five straight wins for the Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team who take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. Give it to them five in a row, Miami. Are they going to make the playoffs? Still hell no, but it is fun to watch this ride go for the Miami Dolphins. By the way, Tua Tagovailoa just found out finished last month with an 80% completion percentage in the four games that they won. It's the highest completion, second highest completion percentage in a month in the history of the NFL. Now, is Tua also being the best game manager in the NFL? Absolutely. He is being the best game manager in the NFL, but that's all that they need from him. Why? Because in this five-game winning streak, the Miami Dolphins have allowed 11 points per game, a whopping total of 55 points in five games. That makes them one of the best defensive units in the NFL over this five-game stretch, a team built on offense or a team built on defense that's just good enough on offense to get by. Boy, who does that remind me of? The New England Patriots. Not that the Miami Dolphins are the New England Patriots, but at the same time, at the time of recording, the New England Patriots have a six-game win streak. The Miami Dolphins have a five-game win streak. Next closest team, the Kansas City Chiefs. They have themselves a nice little five-game win streak, assuming they beat the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football, which it looks like they're going to do because they're up 10-3 right now. But at the same time, game's not over yet. So the Miami Dolphins are rolling along with one of the best defensive units in the NFL, and it makes me so happy. I don't know if y'all can see or hear the smile on my face, or at least hear it through the microphone, but I'm so happy for the Miami Dolphins and Jalen Waddle having another 100-yard game for my fantasy team today. The Dolphins are wonderful, even if they won a, a dog fight of well, a dog shit dog fight of a game against Mike Glennon's New York Giants, who can officially be booted out of the mixies now. I know we included them on Wednesday as the 17th out of 17 teams to break the record. Can kick them out of the mixies now. Because the Miami Dolphins held them to nine total points in the game today. So shout out to the Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team, who run the ball from goal to goal like no one has ever seen. Because they've got five straight wins on the air, on the ground, always in control. When you say Miami, can you say Super Bowl? No, because they're not going to make the playoffs, even though they have a very easy schedule the rest of the season. But still, 6-7, and seven, that's a huge turnaround for the Miami Dolphins. Celebrate this victory. Just because you're not going to make the playoffs doesn't matter. Your team's not good enough to make the playoffs. But the Miami Dolphins are finally competitive again. They don't even have their own draft pick this year. So this is a the best it could possibly be for the Dolphins, because you've got a true wide receiver one. You've got a great defensive unit right now. Does that mean they're going to be a great defensive unit for a while? Again, it's really contingent on turnovers, and it's always scary when you have a team built on turnovers. Javon Holland, the safety who was drafted in the second round, who I'm sure our buddy Blake Jude would love to talk about because he scouted Javon Holland out of TCU last year, he is making his case for defensive rookie of the year. Maybe Micah Parsons already has it locked up because he was the first defensive player drafted and plays for the Cowboys and is just really, really talented. 
But shout out to Javon Holland making his case for Defensive Rookie of the Year this year for the Miami Dolphins. Xavier Howard had another pick in this game. Dolphins defense is now top 10 on the season in DVOA. I think they're actually ranked like fourth now after this week's game. But shout out to the Dolphins. They are doing fantastic, fantastic right now. And they are beloved Miami Dolphins who we play this song for every single time. Good things happen to them, and I'll take any chance I can get to play the absolute banger of an anthem from the 1970s, but also remade in 2008 by T-Pain, here for all of you to enjoy once again straight into your ear holes. Last, but certainly not least, here on the NFL Monday podcast, I would like to take the time to acknowledge that I, on this Monday night, will be one game away from our first 5-0 and week on the Take It Easy Pick'em Pool. That is right, I am currently sitting at 4-0. and The Kansas City Chiefs came through with a cover at the very end, and we are one win away, or one New England Patriots cover, but more than likely a win away from the first 5-0 week. We were sitting at 28-31 and coming into this week, and now with a 4-0 week, we are back above 500, rolling along this season, and maybe, just maybe, have a chance of hitting our lucky number of staying above 500 on the season. So, I got that chance here. The reason I want to talk about this is because I'm 4-0 this week in the pick'em pool. Nailed it with Gardner Minshew. Nailed it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nailed it with the Los Angeles Rams. Nailed it with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, The Chiefs won by 13. Pretty unremarkable Sunday night game. If you want to hear me laugh at the Broncos a bit, check that out over on the Memes of the Weekend podcast in our Five Little Things segment. But normally, again, the last segment on the NFL Monday pod is reserved for talking about the Sunday night football game that finishes while we're recording the first part of the podcast. And it was pretty unremarkable. So, uh, But you know what is remarkable? The fact that I nailed the pick of the Kansas City Chiefs, saying that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to cover the spread. The only question was how they were going to beat the Denver Broncos. Andy Reid has now won 12 consecutive games against the Denver Broncos, which tells you everything you need to know about that franchise and the state of the AFC West, which looks a lot like the AFC East did for about 20 years behind the Patriots, which is no playoffs for the Broncos, no playoffs for the Raiders, one playoff for the Chargers. It's been a long run for that mediocre division outside of the Kansas City Chiefs kicking ass at the top. And those beautiful Kansas City Chiefs 
got me to 4-0 and this week on the Take It Easy Pick'em Pool. One more chance, New England Patriots. Can you come through for me? Can you come through for Walter? Buffalo, can you come through for Blake Jude? We all got stakes on this game. I imagine we'll spend some time on Tuesday talking about the Buffalo Bills because I've been sitting on some Buffalo Bills takes for about 11 days going back to Thanksgiving. Never really had the place to fit it into the podcast. I imagine we'll have things to say after a very meaningful Monday night football game between the Patriots and Bills coming up today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the NFL Monday podcast. Well, I guess this has been the NFL Monday podcast here on Take It Easy. If you want some college football talk, we got you on Wired Up from Sunday. Memes of the Weekend, right above this one. Check that out as well. If you've just listened to Memes of the Weekend or you're coming over here from Believe, make sure to download all of the podcasts that we have in our archives. As many as you can because we got fantastic sponsors willing to support our dreams Lightbox Jewelry, check them out, and Bet Online Sportsbook. If you guys download, we get a little bit of money here and there, so every little bit counts. Might be 5, might be 10, might be 100, might be 600, but we love each and every one of you for all the support that you're continuing to show. Record-breaking month last month. Let's see if we can topple that number here in December. Thanks for stopping in, everybody, and as always... Take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.